Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hello and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. The intention of this podcast is to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle. I'm 42 and expecting baby number two, while my son, Alexandre, is one and a half years old. Today on Parent Talk, we are talking about male fertility. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hey everyone, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am 40 years old and my son Hudson is also a year and a half. Hi everybody, thanks so much for having me. I'm Dr. Tanner Alden. I am a 34-year-old naturopathic doctor practicing in Lynn Valley in North Vancouver. Uh, we have our first little guy on the way, which is really exciting. We're about 17 weeks, actually 17 weeks uh, today. So we couldn't be more happy um, for what's going to bring us forward and can't wait. So what I do as a naturopathic physician is kind of the easiest way to explain it is I look through your health through a different lens. Big focus in my practice is family medicine, um, but as we're going to have in this conversation, I really enjoy working with males and male fertility. Uh, men's health is highly underserved in in my opinion, and it's uh, it's great to see this kind of build and grow. I also work with pain management, digestive health, stress, and burnout. Wow. Well, thank you for being here. So Tanner, when preparing for a baby, uh, most of the onus seems to fall on a female. According to your experience, why should guys be part of this preparation? I totally agree with the uh, the onus definitely falling on the the women or the the partners, um, but it doesn't have to be this way. So first, I want to do is just let's take a minute to define what infertility actually means. So it's defined as the inability to conceive after 12 months of unprotected sex. And it actually affects about one in six couples worldwide. So it's pretty prevalent, more than, you know, we would want it to be. And then, guys, we're half the equation. This shouldn't all sit on the, the partner's shoulders at all. So what I'd like to uh, talk about is there's actually been a rise in male infertility rates. And having this proactive approach can help prepare the, the male sperm for increasing the odds of fertilization. So there was a recent study published in the Human Reproductive Update Journal showing sperm counts for men in North America, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand have declined more than 50% in the last four, uh, four decades. Wow. What can cause infertility and low sperm count in men? So male infertility, it's a, it's a really multifactorial disease that may be caused from a number of things, from congenital factors to nutrition to environmental exposure uh, to certain drugs to hormone disturbances, what's called like the mechanical workings down there. One thing called a varicocele can lead to infertility as well. There's some genetic abnormalities and immunological factors. I mean, the big ones that a lot of people, most people will know are, you know, smoking, alcohol, Marijuana, cocaine, a sedentary lifestyle, and obesity will definitely lead to more to rising infertility rates in males. So it's definitely something you'd want to avoid uh, or seek help if you if you need it at that point. Okay, so there are definitely some environmental exposures to estrogenic compounds that can affect the overall hormonal workings in our bodies, and plastics being the highest cause. 
Uh, and these these kind of what happens is they provide what are called xenoestrogens, and they really tightly bind to the receptor sites in the body, and they can throw things off, and this hormonal balance can be really disrupted. And there is a really tight correlation between testosterone and estrogen as well, uh, where one kind of influences the other. So pesticides and digoxins are another, are a couple other environmental factors that uh, are estrogenic and can affect the, uh, the infertility in a male. Certain medical conditions like mumps, kidney disease, and hormonal problems have also been linked to male infertility. Uh, so we have to be very mindful of all of these things when we're looking at where it's actually coming from. And as a naturopathic physician, that's kind of our main goal as we look at the root cause of where, you know, where there's a disruption in your health or this disease in your body. If a male is struggling with infertility, what is usually wrong with the sperm? That's a great question. So, I mean, really at the very base level of it, the things that are affected the most is actually the sperm count. And I mean, this is a highly improbable act by our sperm anyways, because they're literally swimming upstream and fighting their way to find the egg. So it really matters. Like, you know, billions of sperm are definitely needed to find its way uh, to the egg. And then you also need them to move well. So the motility can be affected in infertility. Uh, and the morphology, so how they've kind of developed and how they're made, is really important to uh, to look at when when assessing this. And even things um, like a gross anatomy malformations. And an example for this, I know that's kind of a, a mouthful as as it sounds, but for the vas deferens, that's um, actually it's responsible for carrying sperm from the testicles um, out. It can be missing or blocked. And an example of this, or it can become really fibrous. So sperm can't travel through this road it's meant to. And one example of this, and, and a lot of people don't know this, is that if somebody has cystic fibrosis, and we, we know this is like a lung condition in, in uh, like a really severe lung condition that shortens your life dramatically, there is a subtype that can be expressed just in the vast deference of males, making it very fibrous and can can be complete cause of infertility. So there's all these different um, areas that uh, that can be affected. Wow, that's so interesting. There is a lot of things that can affect how sperm function. How do you uh, get tested for that? So there's actually a bunch of different levels that you can get tested at. Um, and if, there, if a couple hasn't tried before, they can, honestly, it's as simple as running a basic blood panel. And then this is just looking at risk factors like high blood sugar, high lipid levels, um, where this, this blood work isn't necessarily specific to sperm production and quality, but it can, it can highlight something like if somebody has diabetes or if there's been a stroke or you're screening for MS and high blood pressure as well. And all of these can can lead to problems relating to erections and ejaculation. So it's 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 an easy screen to do early on, and I definitely do that in my clinic quite a bit. I find as a man, I mean, me as a hygienist in my office, we take blood pressure on our patients, and um, often male don't see the doctors as often as females, and I am finding um, quite a few male that actually has high blood pressure and had no clue about it so it's it's something and you have to look at right what's the impact is it like with the erection with their blood pressure or what's the what's the reason when you're looking for blood pressure yeah so that's exactly it i mean 
like what we'd be looking at is is in in the like mechanical workings of the penis it's very they're very small vasculature which can be affected by a high blood pressure this can be damaged you know it can be affected by high glucose levels and it's interesting that you brought that up with you know these are things we don't feel so they're called surrogate markers so we don't feel if our blood sugar is high we don't feel if we have more fat in our blood sort of thing we don't feel our high blood pressure mm -hmm. so so screening for these really give a good objective view and you know it's sometimes i don't like saying this but guys generally don't go to the doctor until something's broke right mm -hmm. and they don't do this this preventative and maybe you can speak to that so this is an area this is one big reason that i'm in men's health and and have a really strong passion for it is because i want to see this changed right like if we can't take care of ourselves we can't take care of those people around us which is huge so taking that time to be proactive and just get a simple screen and objective view can can add years to your life and I think especially if you're thinking about, about becoming a parent, you have to be healthy yourself so you can be a parent for a long time, right? Like, that's crazy to not take care of yourself. And um, in every area, of course, we're talking about fertility here, but like being healthy is important, right? Yeah, well, being healthy will just tie into the overall vitality of your body, mm -hmm. right? And then that can go on to, to many things, you know, whether how well you perform in, at work, at, you know, in the gym like almost anything you could add in there and it's just it's it's i want to see more of it and to be honest i'm seeing more of it like Good. men are being way more proactive which is amazing and i want that to continue to build and grow and i get really excited when uh, when guys come in and they're like i just want to optimize my health I'm like this is amazing yes <laughs> like nothing's wrong yeah. <laughs> <They're> like no <laughs> yeah so heather is your husband ever ever um, seen a naturopath Nope. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Mine either. My husband is the stereotypical male that never goes to the doctor. And even actually when something's wrong and I'm like, babe, you need to go to the clinic or whatever. He's like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> That's just always his. And, and the thing is, and it cracks me up because he doesn't have time because he's so busy at work because he's so busy trying to provide for his family. I'm like, babe, we need you if you're going to provide for the family. Exactly. Like, right? hello. Like, this is all part of it. <laughs> So, yeah, I know then you are thinking both of you are thinking about baby number two. So yes. let's say I know number one, like surprise, was, right surprise, away. Easy peasy. What happened? What? But what happened? <laughs> let's say if it takes a little bit more time. Do you yeah. think it's a route then you would like? Let's say go see Tanner definitely. and find out yeah. with your husband. So for us, yeah, definitely. I mean, we one thing that we had been doing when we did get pregnant the first time was eating extremely clean and um where my husband i always joke that his insides must be processed because he's such a processed food addict <laughs> so like i joke that he is going to live forever because he must be just full of chemicals inside that will preserve him <laughs> preserved <laughs> oh no this is hard to hear this is bad. I know, it's terrible i know it's absolutely terrible but when i'm doing the cooking and meal prep and everything things change and of course i get rid of the pop and i get rid of the sugar and things like that and that's when we did get pregnant i kind of attribute a lot of it to the fact that we, we were eating so well um, especially because we were both older at the time so definitely going forward that is something that we are doing the kitchen makeover again and doing not the physical one but the food one mm -hmm. <laughs> and um you know definitely getting on that clean eating diet you know after just moving and everything it's been crazy takeout every time you know way too much and him you know running to 7-eleven for lunch every day is not a good meal <laughs> no no, no. So, scary <laughs> yeah it's very scary so yeah so i definitely you know definitely gonna work on that first and um but if 
if we do end up, you know, struggling a little bit more this time, definitely I see value in see a naturopathic doctor for sure definitely because i go the, for myself go so, the nat- yeah. natural way first right? oh for sure Why? that's my personal yeah. opinion right but gosh. definitely um uh, a friend of mine a good friend of mine uh actually did struggle to get pregnant for a long time and uh they gave up diet coke both of them and sure enough a couple months later she was pregnant <laughs> after years but she yeah. loved her diet coke and aspartame and <sighs> everything what's in there I really think if you're struggling getting pregnant, your diet is probably important, right? Yeah. So just going, actually, just answering that, we, I will talk about diet a bit for sure. It's, uh, it, it is a huge factor and, you know, eating clean can make a world of difference, not just for infertility, but overall, like oh, yeah. I said before, for vitality is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we feel stronger and better and just more awake and alive. And yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but one thing I wanted to add with the, with the testing. So we talked about early testing. That's kind of the simple ones, the more specific testing. So if you've been trying for, you know, six, eight months with really no results, uh, some further testing that you might want to look into is doing a simple sperm analysis. This is looking at like how many sperm are there, like the morphology. So like how they're shaped and even they can even see how, how motile they are, if they're sluggish and kind of not moving very well. And all of this really, really factors into their ability to find the egg. You can also look into heavy metal testing. And this is a big one because lead, arsenic, mercury, these are all things that can affect the development of the sperm and can lead to infertility. And there has been some correlations uh, with those. The other one is hormonal testing. So if you're looking at, you know, testosterone is a prime example. And I'll I'll be doing another podcast later on about um, everything testosterone and natural ways to to improve it so we won't go into too much detail about that now but looking at all these things is really really important to kind of screen and see what the bigger underlying cause may or may not be what are the differences between conventional treatment and naturopathic treatments for supporting male fertility so there i mean there are a number of of difference between the conventional naturopathic approaches to in the the treatment of uh, male infertility uh, and and supporting for fertility so i know with the conventional medical model they there's not a lot that they really that's in their their standards and of practice uh, for the kind of preventative or early on interventions so what they'll do is like the most available treatments for like male factor infertility are medically assisted reproductive therapies like intrauterine insemination in vitro fertilization and intracytoplasmic sperm injection all really big words and everything basically what it means is they they remove the sperm from uh, the viable sperm and then they implant it later so it's definitely a more invasive procedure but what they don't look as they don't really look at the early on like what's happening and i'll just give you an idea of what the production of sperm actually looks like in our in the male body is is this continuous process and it takes approximately 74 days for sperm to develop into motile, mature sperm. And then plus it's an additional 12 days to traverse. This is a big number for a lot of people to hear, but it's six meters of the epididymis. So epididymis. Epididymis, yeah. <laughs> we'll probably say that one again. The epididymis. <laughs> yeah, so basically this is what takes the sperm from the testicles out to the urethra, and that can it's be six meters. Six meters. That's crazy. Wow! I know it's all folded up That's and really tight. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. So these little guys have to be strong, yeah. <laughs> and they have to be swimming. Um, but I mean, at seventy-two days, or sorry, seventy-four days, you're looking at roughly three months. So for for me, if anybody, like even if they have a really high baseline of health, 
It's like you can do things three months before you try to conceive to like have your your sperm as healthy and motile and as numerous as possible. And there's from a naturopathic perspective, there is a there's a ton that we can do for that. Uh, and again, everybody knows like prenatal supplementation for women. It's been a staple in preparing the body to conceive and even one pregnant. So one thing I'm like, well, why don't guys have prenatal supplementation? It's like it's a it's a great question. And the really cool thing is like I've seen a couple products coming out on like supplements um, that are supporting this, that are following this kind of like male prenatal trend. That's great. Huh? Like you said earlier, everything is on the woman's side. We think mm-hmm. like she has to take her folic acid and this and that. And then the guy's just there like doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is half the story, right? Yeah, and that's it why is, it's it is. Hard. I love yeah. this. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, they should have uh, prenatal male vitamins. <laughs> yeah. And they definitely do. And um, one thing I always say with supplementation is, is, it should be exactly that. It should be a supplement to your diet, right? And you you kind of add it in where you need to boost it up. So if you're preparing to have a kid and want to increase your chances of conception, then yeah, definitely a time and place for supplementation. But for the diet, you really want a diet like the, I'll bring it down very simple so everybody can kind of do it. Um, obviously, you rich in colors. Everything, eat for the color of the rainbow. That, that ensures that you're getting a ton of your micronutri- micronutrients, really, really rich in antioxidants. And the antioxidants are so important for, for protecting the sperm from any damage from you know environmental factors or stress-related factors. And then making sure that you have really healthy fats in your diet as well. Um, re- reduce processed food and, and eliminate it as much as you can. Hello. I oh, know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> Done. He knows what's coming up. So yeah. <laughs> You're going to put this in the, it's like when he's sleeping, he'll be listening to this podcast. Like, <laughs> rich in colors. Rich, rich in, in colors. colors. <laughs> I love it. He's, yeah, it's, least, he's easy going that way. If I make something, he eats it. So thank goodness he's very easy going that way. <laughs> and a little aside on that, I, I really, you know what? The, the drivers of, of health trends and, and everything are the women, right? They're, they're the ones that will be like, hey, honey, have this, eat this. <laughs> and a, a lot of us are very compliant. And I can, I can say that on my own too. My wife is like, you got to do this. You got to do that. Like, it's really, it's really cool to see. Yeah. And, and we listen. Even even when we're not listening, we listen. <laughs> so when someone goes see you, are they often sent by their wife? Guy? Yeah, it? absolutely. Like, <laughs> more often than not, it's just so. We always joke. It's like, man, maybe I'm marketing to the wrong crowd. I should market to the to the women, the women, right? Because right? right? they they drive it. Um, but like I said, I, I want that to shift. I want the guys to be really excited yes. about going in. I want the guys to be like, you know, drive their own health trends as well which would be great um so just going to to back to diet like the rich in colors the healthy fats like no processed food no like pop (laughs) (laughs) reduce your sugar your processed sugar is so important because um there is a correlation between that and uh and testosterone um as well and decreased testosterone levels so i just want to get into about the the kind of the specific antioxidants that you would see in a male fertility supplement. I'll go through a number of them, but uh, definitely not all of them. And there's some really obvious ones like vitamin C. You know, it's found in concentrations of about tenfold higher in semen than in serum. Uh, And what this does is it protects against reactive oxygen species or things that can damage this delicate DNA of the sperm. And 
the higher the concentration is, is this concentration is actually positively correlated with normal morphology of sperm so it really helps support the growth so you'll see a lot of vitamin c in in my treatment plans um, and then obviously like just tying this back to diet getting your getting your you know really rich color foods will ensure that you're getting this like nature's way of vitamin c and the other one is vitamin E. This is a fat-soluble antioxidant that prevents the damage of fats. So what can happen is these fats can become what's called, it's called lipid peroxidation. So another antioxidant that's really good is vitamin E, and this is a fat-soluble one. And it prevents the damage of fats in sperm, and it actually enhances the activity of other antioxidants that could be in there. So it works synergistically with a number of other things. Um, one of them is actually selenium and selenium is actually required for spermatogenesis and this is just a normal formation of sperm in in the male's system and it also helps with motility and morphology as well so there was actually a double blind study of infertile men that found supplementation with as little as 100 micrograms of selenium over three months significantly increased sperm motility Wow. So, so you will see this definitely in a lot of the a lot of the supplements out there for male fertility. Mm-hmm. And then the last one that I want to talk about specifically for antioxidants is NAC, and this is N-acetylcysteine. And this is actually a pre- precursor to the most abundant antioxidant in our body called glutathione. Our body can't absorb glutathione really well, so what happens is we we take in kind of the the precursor to it, and that's NAC. But what NAC does, and by improving this glutathione in the system, is it improves sperm concentration. And when combined with selenium, so now we're working synergistically or together with other things as well, it has an additive beneficial effect on sperm concentration and morphology. So they're, you know, they're going up in concentration, they're, you know, developing properly. So those are the antioxidants that are really important, like I said. But there is another side to the story, and this is the ingredients for sperm motility. So a driving factor behind energy production and therefore the motility of the sperm is a healthy mitochondrial function. I do talk a lot about mitochondria. My wife actually jokes because I talk about it way too much. But these are like the little energy factories of our body. And a lot of disease has been related to a mitochondrial dysfunction. But they pump out what's called ATP. And this is just the main energy currency of our cells. So supporting this and, and sperm, they're really, really rich in, in mitochondria. So you, they have the energy to go and find their way through. So two really important supplements that can be added in. One is uh, acetyl-L-carnitine, and this will facilitate the entry and utilize free fatty acids for energy into the mitochondria. So it helps like shuttle these fatty acids across the membrane of the mitochondria. So what happens as well is it decreases the available fatty acids that could be oxidized because this acetyl-L-carnitine is helping get this fat used for energy so they're not going to oxidize and be damaged and cause damage to the sperm. Um, So in doing this, it'll protect the DNA, this delicate DNA of the sperm, and reduce any kind of reactive oxygen species damage. The other one is, a lot of people know this one obviously, is is CoQ10 or coenzyme Q10. Really good for the heart, really good for energy production, and the reason for that, it's a really vital component of the mitochondria to finish this production of the ATP. So that you'll see that as well in a lot of the male fertility supplements. The final, maybe not the final, but one of the main really, really big ones is zinc. And it's a really easy way to remember for guys is zinc for the dink. It's (laughs) honestly the simplest thing. But... (laughs) 
<laughs> I was told this at school, and people were like, "Okay, I will never forget that." No. Nope. Um, <laughs> neither were you guys. This is awesome. Nope. Uh, How do you guess what I learned today? <laughs> yeah, sink for the dink. You have to take it. The reason this is so important is that it's this tiny little mineral that has profound effects on the on the male reproductive tract. It's essential for folate absorption and metabolism, production of luteinizing hormone. Luteinizing hormone is this little signal coming from your brain telling the testicles to produce more testosterone. So it'll increase uh, it'll increase your testosterone levels as well. But what happens is it really helps to support the formation and maturation of the sperm in the testes. So it, it's incredibly vital. And supplementation with zinc has has been shown to improve sperm concentration, progressive motility, sperm morphology, and actually increases pregnancy rates as well. So it's like if there was one, you know that like if you're taking one thing to an island, probably want to take zinc. Is it true that maca helps with sperm, something to do with sperm? Yeah, I have read some stuff that maca is definitely like there is benefit in it. It's... It, I would say it's more an aphrodisiac. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then has any really direct impact? But I mean, that's the research that I've seen. Maybe I haven't seen something out there that is showing that it is a little more beneficial for sperm formation. If it gets you in the bedroom, it's gonna work. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I was giving that supplement to my husband last time. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> and you take your maca every lunch. Yeah. Oh, it's true. It's true. I. I Another one that's really important is your omega-3 fatty acids, right? Like your fish oils. Um, these play a critical role in sperm maturation and the membrane fluidity for sperm motility. So it just helps them, you know, mature and move better. So those are kind of like, those are a lot of the, the supplements that you can add in. And when I'm putting together male fertility treatment, whether, you know, they're, they've just started trying or they've been trying for a little, it will generally include the majority of these in some way, in some shape or form. But there's other treatments as well that you can use for for treating male infertility. Acupuncture has actually been shown to improve, you know, motility, sperm count, semen quality, normalization of hormones. Um, and it's actually, I came across a, a piece of research that was saying there's, there was a 65.1% increase in testosterone. It's very specific, I know, but that's what they found. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I but you can start to see the theme. Like we're increasing the concentration. We're increasing the motility and the morphology of the sperm. And, and the quality, overall quality of it is kind of a big focus. Another area that uh, is really, really beneficial is you can start to get into the botanical medicine world. Things like ashwagandha. Ashwagandha is really helpful for increasing testosterone levels. Uh, it also supports the uh, like healthy cortisol and supports your stress response. We'll get into this with the with more in the testosterone, but how stress can really affect your testosterone. It's um it's pretty interesting. And there's another herb called Tongkat Alley, and this actually helps with erectile dysfunction. Uh, it may increase testosterone levels um, with an average boost of free testosterone at forty six percent. And then it improves the sperm parameters that a lot of what we've been talking about before. And another one is, is Panax ginseng. This is a very familiar herb, I think, for a lot of people. But this helps to increase testosterone levels. It helps to increase libido and, um, and sexual drive. So we can find Tanner on our panel of experts at parenttalk.ca. But uh, Tanner, if anybody would like to uh, see you to discuss any fertility concern, where can they find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, so I practice at a restoration health clinic in Lynn Valley. Uh, it's just in the Lynn Valley Center. In North Vancouver. In North Vancouver. Yeah, yes. that's right. <laughs> so to stay in touch with me, you can find, you can uh, you can check out my website. It's uh, Uh and you can follow me on Instagram at uh, Dr. Tanner Alden. All right. Well, Heather, I think it's time for a conversation card. It's time for a conversation card. Every week we like to play a game, not only for fun, but to get to know our guests a little more too. Nobody knows what the mystery card might ask, sometimes silly and sometimes serious. Let's find out what it will be this week. Can you please pick one and read it to us? All right, everybody, here we go. Question of the day. Would you rather be smarter, more athletic, or better looking? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Oh man, that's a tough question. Oh, define smarter. I don't know. Don't they all come together? <laughs> Look it's at great Fielgard. when they come together. <laughs> so you know, I I, wish, I I feel like I could always always increase my intelligence and and wisdom, and I, so I would lean towards that for sure. Is let's let's become a bit smarter. Yeah, more smart. Yeah. Um, it's a, probably a little bit between the athletic and the smarter. <laughs> But yeah, like, yeah, somewhere between those two. Yeah. Get rid of my learning disabilities, like dyslexia. I don't need that anymore, so sure. Take care of that, right? Out. It's the same thing for me. I think, like, can we be smart enough, really, at the end of the day, right? It's like, so yeah, I would take definitely a few extra cells. (laughs) Why not? All right. Um, Thank you, uh, Tanner, for being here. Thank you, Heather, for being here. Thank you for um, making a difference in other parents' life. For our listeners, if you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the Contact Us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. Or you can subscribe directly to this podcast on our website so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Don't forget to rate and review us. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Parent Talk is a safe space for everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.